Hello, this is Mike Van Meter. Welcome to the Recovery is Possible podcast. Thanks for joining us. And as you know, this podcast exists to educate the public about addiction, recovery, relapse, relapse prevention, and just general wellness. And, and we want to bring all of this information to you so you can help yourself and loved ones And because that's what we do in recovery. We help one another as we help ourselves. Uh, if you can, just visit us on our Facebook site and uh, my website, which is vanmeterwellnesssolutions.com. And I am still in Ohio. I've done um, a couple of talks from Ohio. And the reason I'm in Ohio, I'm part of a post-critical incident seminar, which I do about four times a year at here, working with uh, first responders from Ohio. And although they've expanded it to people from around the country, as a matter of fact, and the program is called Ohio assist. And uh, my portion of being out here is to talk to people about uh, addictions, um, usually alcohol, but not always alcohol, and uh, how people can uh, help themselves. And I talk about the addiction itself and the progression of addiction and and how they can just get better and and seek help. So there's a lot of people that are out in the assist program that contribute to to the effort because I've, I've talked about wellness in this very toxic profession in my world, police, law enforcement, but first responders in general, just how toxic can be and, and how we re- really need to be careful in taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, spiritually, all of those different areas. If they're not working properly, if we are not nurturing all of those areas can have a very devastating effect on us long term. And so today, what we're going to do, we're going to be focusing on the spiritual side of that physical, spiritual, mental side. And we have with us pastor or chaplain, Dan um, Vicky from um, uh, Ohio PCIS. And I want you to meet him, and he's going to talk to you a bit about the role of chaplains, uh, the role of spirituality when it comes to uh, wellness. And, And for those of you that don't feel religious, don't panic. This isn't about religion per se. It's about spirituality and it's about um, meditation and it's about you know taking care of that part of your life. And no matter where you come from or where you are on that spectrum, there's things that we can all learn from. But you know, throughout my years in the military and in law enforcement, chaplains have uh, played a very important role in, in that. And oftentimes this is not really an area of law enforcement that we talk about a whole lot but it's a very, very important part and something I think it's important for you to hear and, and, and I'm certain that you'll benefit from that. So with that, uh, Dan, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah. Okay, Mike, thank you for inviting me to participate and, and be some encouragement to, to those. I uh, am a pastor of a church in Fremont, Ohio. and I've uh, been pastoring for 25 years. Uh, about three and a half years ago, I was asked to be chaplain for the highway patrol and uh, been doing that for about three and a half years. And through that chaplaincy program and, and the wellness and part of the Ohio Assist and the PCIS was invited to attend uh, PCIS, Post Critical Incident Seminars, and uh, attended the first one in Cleveland about uh, two and a half, three years ago was so impressed what was taking place and was made aware of uh, our first responders, our, our police, our fire, our EMS, that uh, they're human and they have some real needs. 
and there are some things that they've experienced in life. And as you mentioned, the physical, mental, spiritual aspect of being well. And I could see where the transformation that took place in those three days. And it was exciting to see. I heard the stories of uh, the pain. I heard the stories of lives that were on the edge of being destroyed. Uh, I heard the stories of folks that were on the verge of giving up on life. And the, the, the spiritual part of it is that there is hope. And no, it's, I'm not going to get into a religious, that's for another time, but just as an encouragement to come alongside because we are made up of the mental, the physical, the spiritual, and uh, those have to be all in balance. From attending that, I could see that there was a definite need. and It's been something, and I'm sure you've talked about, that through law enforcement is fairly new. The, the, uh, the wellness, and I know being able to contribute to that, just to be alongside our, our dear friend Reverend Ellsworth was here and shared just the ministry of presence and uh, not really... Having, and one of the things I, I gleaned from him yesterday was we don't have all the answers. There are questions that are asked that uh, we don't have the answers to, but we can come to this together and research and look for and see how it can help and see what God says uh, in the situations. And so to come alongside folks and uh, just to listen and hear the hurts and the stories and then give some, not advice, I don't, I don't give advice, I may just point in a direction and say, let's look at this, let's try that. Um, how's that work? And to be able to encourage one another and pray with folks um, and hear and listen in presence uh, has just been incredible. And I've been, there's an average of about 25 participants, and so over the three years, I've, I've heard probably close to 300 different stories of how folks have been impacted. And it's not just the person. It, they represent a whole family unit, typically. And so the ripple effect of the hurting the person, the police officer, the EMS, the firefighter that is, is hurting and needs just to be come alongside and encourage and help is, is tremendous. So that's, that's basically why I'm here, is to help uh, and, uh, spend, spend some time praying, spend some time uh, listening and encouraging. So on the spiritual side, this particular set that we have here, because it'll, if you're not familiar with what we're doing in this post-critical incident seminar, um, uh, uh, Chaplain Dan talked about how it's fire, police, EMS, and I'll even throw in dispatchers. dispatchers we have a lot of dispatchers and occasionally goals. corrections, yeah. Um, but that family, the, the whole first responder family. And this is a hard group, right? Am I pretty accurate? Yes, this is a pretty hard-bitten yes. group, very, very hard-bitten group. I know in the work that I do in recovery, probably the hardest group, to reach with a recovery message is this group. It's just, and, and that's just because they're they're exposed to so much. You know, uh, those of you, if you're not a first responder and you're you're listening to this, 
Um, I want you just to imagine what it would take in your life for you to pick up the phone and dial 911 right now. Whatever that event is, is likely going to be something that you remember for the rest of your life. You might even tell your children about it, your grandchildren. I remember the time that grandma called 911 and the fire department had to show up. It's a traumatic day. And it's something that you remember for the rest of your life. Now, just think of this, where your job is you experience that person's traumatic event multiple times a day. When I was in the D.C. Police Department, it may have been up to 20 plus times a day. And you're seeing things that really no human being really should have to see. You see uh, indescribable acts that one human does to another human being, acts of pure evil, selfishness, lust, whatever it may be. And you see it repeatedly over and over and over again. These are, and, and the survival mechanism is that detachment, building that shell, building that hardness. But underneath all of that is a human being and a spirit. And that human being and that spirit is related to other human beings. And, and um, Pastor, uh, you just mentioned how that has a ripple effect on other people, families, uh, wives, husbands, significant others. And, it, and we see that here at PCIS. And these are people that may not have been thinking about the spiritual aspect of their life for a very, very long time. Um, but it comes out, doesn't it? It, it, it does come out. I, I know, and I don't know that I've ever shared this with, with you, but I really came to being in my, my spiritual life when I worked corrections. Because I didn't, I didn't grow up in the church um, I didn't. I, I, I had not developed. I wouldn't have considered. I didn't, I didn't think that there wasn't a God. It's just that it was not something I really thought about up until I got into my first law enforcement job, which was corrections. And you may find this kind of interesting. This is where I really started asking questions about it really was the spiritual world first for me. And then later I got into, well, what does this mean in, in the theological side of it? But I, my first law enforcement job was a corrections position. And I would go in to work and the door would shut. And, and I, I, I could feel, I could feel the evil in the air. And, I'm not, and I know you guys are listening, you're thinking, this is kind of creepy. I'm, I'm just, all I'm, I, I always use this phrase, I'm not here to impress or depress, I'm just here to express what I felt. And... You know, in the jail that I was in, these are people awaiting trial, some of rape, murder, child molestation, some really evil people, and you could feel it. And then when I would walk out of the building and the door would close, I felt I could feel it lifting off of me. And I used to tell my wife, I said, I don't know what this is, but the Bible talks about spiritual principalities, good and evil, and out there. And I, and I told my wife, I said, I feel it. I see it. Every day, every day I go to work. And that started me on my spiritual journey. And, you know, you flash to now, the people that we're working with are facing that evil every single day. And they've built, built up their, their protections, their barriers, that hardness. And then they need to escape from it or else, you know, just mentally you die. And what we do is we, we 
come up with those very bad ways, very unhealthy ways of dealing with that. And, and in this program, I talk about addiction. For me, that was it. My, my escape was alcohol. For others, it may be drugs, it may be sex, it may be gambling, it may be whatever. And here, when the folks come here, we, and there's a reason why they come here, it's because they're kind of like at that end point where either themselves or their agency or their families have said, you need to do something about that. And we, and I know in my life, how I really got out of my depths was really exploring the spiritual wellness, my spiritual wellness. We focus on the other things, the physical and the mental, but it really kind of starts with the spiritual. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. And that's part of, as I'm sitting here listening to you, Mike, is the struggles that I see is this gets built up and then um, these folks have to go home, get to go home to their families after dealing with this for 8, 10, 12 hours a day, the evil and that. And, and when they get home, they can't just turn the switch off. And so uh, part of the spiritual aspect of it is, is to share some tools to be able to release that, to, to as the, you mentioned, the evil uh, that they're dealing with. And some days are better than others. And I've talked to so many, so many folks that said, how, how do we do that? I, I don't have a box where there is a door that shuts where, okay, when I get home, it's all different. I'm good. Mm-hmm. It carries out. And, and some spouses deal with it well. Some families deal with it well. But the individual has to look at that spiritual aspect mm-hmm. of it because you, the, the physical is there, the mental is there, but the spiritual sometimes gets tucked away. And I know several um, police officers, EMS, dispatchers that are very uh, spiritual, if you will, mm-hmm. and uh, have a great relationship with God. And, and I can see the difference, the change that it's made in some of those spiritual conversations. Um, how God impacts, how God protects, um, how God is real, whether you believe or not, but uh, that that there are different areas that we really need to focus on and to give some guidance and suggestions as to uh, some tools that you can, can use and seeing great results. Mm-hmm. God is good. And and we don't we don't espouse any religion. We don't no. you know, this is not this is not let let's get you saved. Let's right. you know, hey, you need to do this. This is uh, an area to explore. Like you know, for me, I, to be honest with you, I think in some ways my spiritual life, my belief is almost stronger because I did not have anybody hit me yes. between the eyes with it. I I actually had to I, the way I operate. My recovery was kind of the same way. I have to kind of figure this out for myself. And I had to see it because I am an investigator. I was, you know, in law enforcement at that time. I needed to do my own investigation and see things for myself. Like I, I described, you know, this wasn't, I wasn't reading about bad people. I wasn't reading about spirit. I was experiencing it. It was experiential. And it's important that I believe these things. It, it's not even really important that anybody or even you believe what I believe. It's But it's vital that I believe it. And the longer I'm around, the older I get, the more I see the, the truth behind it because it has helped me. Because whatever, the, even if you're listening to us right now and you think, well, this is just a bunch of you know hokey pokey. The, the fact is, I've not found it necessary to have a drink or a drug. 
in nine years. And in my world, that's a miracle. And I didn't, I didn't do that on, on my own. And have you, do you stay in touch? I mean, do you hear from people once they leave here? What's kind of the relationship after this? This yes. is a three-day program. When they leave, what kind of impact has it I, had? I have had, uh, stayed in contact with a few folks, and some are within the highway patrol, some, some are not. And that's an interesting question because I can, what comes to mind is one gentleman that, as we were listening to uh, their incidents on, on the Monday, God works in mysterious ways. And I kind of picked up on this, and the gentleman looked pretty rough and tough and looked like he didn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, I, I would like to spend some time with him just to hear his story. It turns out he was in my group and when I was in a peer group, small group, and I've been in contact with him a couple times a year. And he said that uh, I started out, didn't want to be here, was voluntold to be here. And you're like, yeah, I noticed that. I kind of picked that. You kind of emanated that. <laughs> so, uh, but as the day progressed and as we moved into Tuesday and we got to know each other a little bit and talk in the small groups, and uh, you could see the walls come down. And there's been some amazing transformations that have taken place mm-hmm. uh, in his life, and some of the things that he's—that's just one example of many that yeah. um, I, I could share. That it's been, and and that's why I'm here is to uh, help facilitate that because God loves all people, and we all struggle at times. I don't have all the answers, but uh, I know that God does. Mm -hmm. And try to give that direction, and it's encouraging to me just to see a transformation take place. And uh, because, yes, this PCIS is a three-day, but it's not. It's where we give tools, and it has to be a continuous thing. And uh, Encouragement. It's just amazing. Yes, I've kept in contact with some, and and even when the riots and things were going on around the state, would send out texts and say, hey, praying for you. And they would say, you have no idea how much of a difference, how much of an impact that makes just knowing. As I go to work, as I go to this, to have <laughs> things thrown at me and this and that and mm-hmm. the things I'm in the midst of to know that, uh, that somebody cares enough. Yeah, and you, you raise a point because this is an interesting time. So this is my first... PCIS post riots, right? Po- uh, all the the world events and and we're we're in early March of 2021. So if, if this is years down the road that somebody's listening to this, uh, I want to keep in mind we are in March of 2021, and th- so this is the first PCIS that I've been to post all of the, the big riots, the, the, the summer of 2020 and, and into late 2020, and law enforcement first responders. That, that job has always been hard, but I think that it's particularly hard now because these folks, not only are they, they dealing with, with what they normally deal with, but now they feel as though the public in, in the nation really has turned against them. And I'm not, I'm not here to say whether that's true or it's not true. I'm not, I'm not here for that debate. It's their perception. that, that, and, that and that's the important thing is they feel like they've lost 
public support, and it's having a devastating effect on first responders across the nation. Devastating effect. And it's nice for them, and I, I can see in the small groups that I'm participating in how much they appreciate being here and hearing that they are appreciated, that people are thinking about them, and because they get into these depths, like you and I, you know, I'm retired from the FBI. I, I can look at this from a distance. You can look at this from a distance. But these folks are in it. And when they're in that pit, like you and I can look down into the pit and say, hey, you're going to be back up here. But they're still there, and they're not seeing the top of the pit. And that can be a devastating thing. And, and this last year, just in the last six months or so, last three months, in fact, I've seen more relapses of people that were in recovery or people that be, began using or they're using increased dramatically. Suicides has been, folks, I'm telling you, I've not, in my world of people that I know, it's shocking to me how many suicides have occurred in the last three to six months. And it's not just that I'm more aware of it. No, there are more that are occurring. This is, this has been very very devastating. Have you have you seen that impact, or is oh, that absolutely. affecting your work? Yes, I've I had an opportunity to go down to the state house, and, uh, just walk around with some troopers that were were there, and just in traveling around the district, and and even here at the PCIS, just engaging in conversation, and uh, and I I even saw, and it's not just, and I know this is wellness law enforcement, mm-hmm. but I saw a statistic on. Uh, on the news last night that was kind of frightening that children, kids, teenagers yeah. are more likely to that. die from suicide than they are of COVID. Yes. And, yeah, and, and young kids. We're talking, not talking teenagers, we're talking right, young kids. kids. Yeah. So as I look at that and, and the impact that it's having, this is, uh, and again, I know we're talking wellness for law enforcement, but, but it's just amazing what society that, the transformation that's taking place in in just to it's because we lose hope mm-hmm. in the isolation uh, and I, in fact the, the news, news article that you're talking about um, was talking about how isolation because we're designed to connect with mm-hmm. other human beings we're, we're designed man was not meant to be alone but yet we're, we're forcing that we're, we're creating an artificial um, environment that we weren't created to do and and we have to and we work here at at Ohio Assist to really let these folks know, hey, you can't connect. But if I'm a young child and I'm not going to school and I'm not with my, well, they aren't going to Ohio PCIS. They aren't going to that. And it, and it is and, and and it was like a several hundred. If I if I got it correctly, several hundred percent increase. It was. Of rates. And I just saw the headline and it's and it caught my attention and I was taken back by that. That just thinking of. Wow, where have we come? Where are we going? Mm-hmm. And what hope is there? So um, it's it's not just, but but there there is hope out there. Absolutely. And the problem is, is that the way that our world is, the way that the public has turned on on first responders, the way that we we are isolating, it is important for people to understand that there is hope out there whether yes. it appears to be there or not now it may be through zoom and and i and i hate that and all, but but that's what we're adapting to and the one thing I, I like about the folks that are here in the in this program because when when all this covid 
stuff happened and the world the the country the world actually has started to shut down um th- there was one cancellation on a on a seminar that we did but i got to hand it to the folks here in ohio and the team that puts this together they adapted yes. and they put together a program and a plan and we don't like the zoom we don't like all the because many of the meetings that we would have normally have had face to face here at PCIS is you know we might be in one room for example my presentation it was put out onto television sets into to various rooms it's not optimum i don't care for that kind of teaching and and lecturing and working but but it's what we got and and we adapt and we overcome and we find a way and the folks here and you pastor have done a phenomenal job of adapting to that and providing the best service that's available but it is there it is there for people and so if you're listening to us uh whatever agency you're with and if you're not in an agency if you're um somebody in some other profession you know there are people there that that you just have to reach out now part of this is part of this is you have to reach out to get the help but reach out and get the help and if that person doesn't give you an answer then go to the next person because there is help that's available and i'm telling you keep your head up this will not last forever this will not this is ride the wave and get through it get through it i mean do you agree with that that's a great yeah. point mike and that's why i tell my folks in the church that you know god is his hand is extended out to help and he gives us promises he'll never leave us nor forsake us and we can cast all our cares upon him but we have to take that first step we mm-hmm. have to step towards him and say god yes i need your help mm-hmm. and we have to reach out to folks around us and we have to make the first step and uh, it's not to shove religion or god but it is the, the hope that we have in the world mm-hmm. and and that we have today and that first step is you need to maybe make the phone call or maybe make a text or something and, and uh, to be to, to take that first step mm-hmm. and then but don't please 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 just don't have a pity party and say i'm waiting for um i'm waiting for them to come and get me that, <laughs> that, that reminds me of a, if i could share this illustration sure. yeah. of a gentleman that that uh you know that died and went to heaven and got to god and and uh, said to God, God, how come you promised you, you know, and and he was there and a boat came by and he said, no, I'm going to wait for God to come and get me. And a helicopter came by and he said, no, I'm going to wait for God. And then, you know, another boat and, and God said, look, I sent two boats and a helicopter. What did you want me to do? <laughs> and and so we have to recognize yeah. The, the help that's there. Well, it's what we were talking about. It's that, that, that God is in control, but God uses other yes. people to affect his will. And, and I love that illustration. Yes. Like, I used a helicopter pilot or I used a, the boat captain right. and I sent it. To right. You just didn't accept <laughs> it. But you have to extend, but you needed to put your hand out to take that life preserver or get on that boat. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, there's a duality in that, and that is, that is so true. And uh, I love that illustration, and thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today. Yes. I, I really yeah. appreciate it, and I hope that this is beneficial to you. And um, if need be, folks, if, if you want more information on how to get help, um, you know, reach out to us uh, on our Facebook site, and, uh, which is Recovery is Possible, and my website, which is Van Meter Wellness Solutions. Dot com. Do you have a website or anything that if, if anybody wants to get hold of you or hold of this program, anything that you can put out? You could do the Ohio Assist has a Facebook page or our church has a, a Facebook page as well. 
and it's it's just the Fremont Nazarene uh, Facebook page in Ohio because there's about ten different Fremont yeah uh, in in the United States, but uh, we have a Facebook you can can look that up and and send a connection through me yeah to yeah. me and I'm available um, so. Yes, reach out to him, and you're right. And Assist does have a Facebook uh, page and, and, a and a website. And if you Google Ohio Assist, and you'll see the programs. And by the way, there's a lot of links on there, and I would imagine your Facebook site has links to resources, uh, as, as I do on, on my website too. So the point being, folks, is there's a lot of information that's out there, and if what you're looking for isn't on one of those sites, you reach out to us, yes. and we will point you. If nothing else, we will. If I can't help you, or if the pastor can't help you, or somebody from Ohio Assist, we'll at least point you in the direction of somebody that can. So, with that, folks, thanks for joining us again. Uh, my website, VanMeterWellnessSolutions.com. Get us uh, on Facebook, and look forward to seeing you soon. And thanks for joining us today.